I know. It's kind a of, lot and of there's this, this, this little din that happens right before church. And yeah, it actually reminds me of when we were meeting in person every week before the pandemic where people would be in the coffee area. Just talking, chatting. And I would oh, play yeah. a song to get them to come in. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, so be quiet. Not that anybody can hear you. <laughs> Good morning. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Are you all ready for Christmas? I have wrapping to do. All the presents have been purchased. They're all sitting in Amazon boxes in the front room. And uh, I know whose is whose. And yeah, so uh, that I, I feel relaxed about that. I don't feel relaxed about all the things between now and then that we've planned for whatever reason. Such as the sing-along this evening. Right, yep, sing-along, 5 o'clock. It'll be uh, Facebook, so watch the Facebook feed for that. Uh, do a watch party, just like you should be doing right now for this yep. service. Yep, uh, you don't know how to do that, raise your hand. Somebody will help you figure out how to do that. It really, it's amazing on how many people get blessed by, by this service. I'm just yeah. amazed. So, And uh, are you ready for Christmas? No. No. No, I mostly though. I got a few little things to get for the stockings, and you know, because we we all each person has their own stocking, and we we yeah, we do that sort of stuff. Do you have like some traditions in terms of gift giving? Oh, okay. Are you laughing at us? Or are you gift la traditions? Other than the stockings, we 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 draw names for each person gets a different stocking. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, so. who who's the lamest gift giver then? Oh. Oh, let's switch that around. Who's the best gift giver? Ooh, that's still tough. They're all good. Mom? I think all right. we're all pretty good. Yeah. Is that true? No. Who? So, okay. So Dawson's shaking his head. They're not all good. But mom is the best. You guys are in agreement there. <laughs> all right. So well, we'll have a conversation later about who's terrible. Oh, because Kathy oh. Likes, it likes to be a Santa Claus. So... We have a thing, uh, we, we won't be doing it this year, where everybody gets $10 to spend a piece, and we do like a Walmart shopping spree, and mm -hmm. you're supposed to buy the most ridiculous gift, useless gifts for people. Uh, I got a, a little toy gun. Of course, I, you know I like Nerf, but it wasn't Nerf. It was just a battery-powered pew-pew thing. Okay. Still own it. I still got I it. I bet you yes. do. Yeah. All right. So yeah. other things that were going on is we've got Christmas Eve service coming um this, this christmas way, eve christmas yeah. eve yeah a couple of days from now at seven i think it is right i believe it's seven we're going to be airing it on seven and then we have the the can you explain the radio program a little bit because you're going to be in it you're kind of like hosting the whole thing and i'm going to be in it so uh yeah a friend of mine uh he is the pastor of a church in vancouver it's six eight church his name's david lindner he wanted to do something special for his church and also a way to connect other churches in the area. And he wrote, uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, he, he wrote uh, like a 60-minute uh, little radio drama. And it's, uh, it's a little, it's a wonderful life-ish, but um, he's playing off of our individual personalities because he knows us well. But it's just, it's a really kind of heartwarming story about... Um, acclimating to a season after a year of grief and that is when that's going to be at six o'clock on wednesday the 23rd 
Okay. Um, and uh, I think Jesse's got the information, and we'll make sure it's available on the Facebook page right. for that. But I think it's going to be really neat. We're going to rehearse it this afternoon. Fantastic. Yeah. And then we have our podcast that we did this yeah. last week. Anybody listen to the podcast? Dixie. Oh, good. Huh, good. That explains the one the one watch. If yeah. you enjoy us bantering after the service, that's what that is. Yeah. Only we do it a little bit more. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's get uh, let's get ready for the service. Uh, take a moment and pray, and just kind of get mentally into the space of worship. Um, Father God, thank you for for Christmas. Thank you that you've loved us more than all that we can imagine or hope for. God, thank you. Meet us here this, this day, this Christmas, both this entire week, Lord. Whisper into our ears that you love us. That Christmas proves it. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, just a moment. I forgot to do our candles. Look at that. Can anybody remember the first one? Hope. Christmas gives us hope. Hope of a better day. That the world's not going to stay like this. Right? And peace. That we ha that, that new world's going to have peace. And that we have personal peace right now. Because of our faith in Jesus. And joy. Not just, we can have a taste of joy today, but we're also going to be able to have joy that is insanely good in that final day. And then today is love. That God loves us. That Christmas tells you you are more loved than you can hope for or imagine. You're loved. Where's Terry? This is for you. Let's pray. God, I'm grateful for this music. For so many reasons, the, uh, on a very personal level, it transports me. It reminds me of different gatherings in the past. Times we would sing together, family, friends, different congregations. This gathering here this morning. The loss of a loved one for whom this song was incredibly special. God, thank you for transporting us in that way. And also thank you that there is truth in these. Jesus Christ is our Savior. As we recognize that, may we, we also recognize the, the beauty in submitting to you. How you have given us the most incredible gift. Ah, I thank you so much for your love represented in that gift. We this morning, Father, can we acknowledge that, hear you, and reflect that in this world that needs your love and needs to feel love and hope and peace at this time. In the name of your son, Jesus.
Amen. You are loved. You are loved far more than you can possibly know or imagine. And we're going to go through John 3.16 because the cause of Christmas is love. And that verse tells us that the cause, the reason, what motivated Christmas was His love. And so, let me read it. I mean, many of you could probably just quote it. I certainly could, but I want to just read through it. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. But grasping what that is is not easy. So many of us live our lives going, I, you, does he love me? We, you, we, we, we kind of play that old game with a daisy, right? He loves me, loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. Depending on how I'm doing today. If I'm being a good person, maybe he loves me a little more today. Or maybe, maybe if I do a little bit, little bit more, you know, reading or my Bible or something, then maybe he loves me a little bit more. Or if I've been bad, I, he loves me a little bit less. And so there's, there's just this constant, I don't know if I'm loved. It's hard to understand that God loves you to the degree that he does. In fact, it's a, it takes an act of God to reveal that to you. Which is why Paul in Ephesians 3 prayed for us this. Ephesians 3, if we could put that in there. You know, may, may you have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth to know the love of Christ in surpassing, which surpasses understanding, knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So I'm going to pray for us again. Take a moment and pray for yourself. And ask God to help you get a little bit better how God loves you, that he does. Okay? Heavenly Father, I come before you in the righteousness of Jesus. And I'm going to pray now for these people here in this room and everyone who hears this, this service watches this service, that you would do that, this prayer of Paul's. That you would strengthen us. That your spirit would enable us to grasp just how high and how wide and how deep your love is for us in Jesus. To understand that. That which caused you to give him this Christmas. At Christmas time, to give your son for us. Whatever I have to say, may it be from you. Whatever's not from me, excuse me, that is, that is not from you, but is from me. May I not say it or it not be really remembered. But everything that's from you, Jesus, please, I pray that you would help us to grasp it that we might have hope, that we might have joy, that we might have peace. In your name we pray. Amen. First thing I want to talk about is the object of God's love. The object. 
What is, whom does God love? If we look at that sentence, if you go back to John 3.16 real quick, you know, for God so loved, the, uh, here's the verb, love, right? The object is, the, is what does the verb act on? The world. What is the, who, what is the object of it? Whom does God love? And it's obvious it says world. Now, we might be tempted to think that means he loves broadly every single human. And while there's, there's verses to say that, that's not really what this is getting at. Because in the Gospel of John, the world is in contrast to heaven. The world is the place where people hate him. It's the place where people are, 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 are sinners, that people are, are angry. It's, it's the world that crucifies Jesus. And I don't have it in there, but if you could look up, for example, if you can write it, those of you who are writing notes, look at John 7, 7, and it'll describe what kind of a place the world is. The world hates him. That they're sinners. And so God loves sinners. And we need to grasp what that means when when, when I say God hates sinners, hates sin. Not sinners, he doesn't hate sinners, he hates sin. In Proverbs, uh, is it 7? 15, Proverbs 15, it, it, it says a word that describes how God feels about sin. The way of the wicked is an abomination. Now most of us don't use that word, do we? You know what the word abomination means? It's, it, means some, it means that which is abhorrent, really, really disgusting and, and, and vile and disliked. Think, think the most horrid, nasty smell you can possibly imagine hitting your nose. That's gives you a hint of how God feels about moral sin. He just, he deeply, it is deeply, he doesn't like it because of various reasons, like it ruins people's lives, it hurts people, it's not good for them. Um, but, but at the point here I'm trying to make is you need to understand that when he, God is saying he loves the world, when he loves sinners, he's loving people who are doing things that are really offensive to him. He loves the world who hates him. Now, that's the opposite of us, isn't it? Why do you love the people you love in your life? Because they do things you like. Why did you marry your spouse? Because she was pretty. Because he was handsome. Because he could provide for you. Whatever it is, there was certain attributes of him that drew you to them. That's why you love them. But God is not like that. God did not see anything in humanity that he particularly was drawn to, and that's why he loves them. No, he loves us because he loves us. He loves us in spite of being lovable. We're lovable simply because he decides we're lovable. And the implication of this is gigantic. It means that you are loved, my dear 
austere person at your very worst. When you are doing things that you know God doesn't like, in that moment, you're loved. Even when you're doing things that are just, from his perspective, are vile, he goes, but you're my son, you're my daughter, I love you. It's not that God's love is so wide, it's that it's so, it stoops so low as to love us. That you're loved at your worst. It means, by the way, dear, dear person, you can't lose it. Because you can't do something to make him not love you. He knows every sin you have ever done and you're ever going to do, and he still loves you. Even in the worst day, you're not going to make him not love you anymore. There's nothing you can do to have him stop loving you. For God so loved the world, the object of his love, Think about the how he expresses it. He so loved the world that he gave his only son. He so loved the world that he gave. Now this word so, it's unfortunate that we, we, we you know, that, that it's the word so there. Because so can mean two different things. And we tend to think like so much. But it's so in the sense of, in this manner, just so, God loves us. In, the, in this manner, he loved the world that he gave. That he gave. How do you know something is valuable? By how much people are willing to pay for it. Right? I mean, really, what, what makes a diamond more valuable or gold more valuable than silver. Well, people are willing to pay more for it. What makes a Mona Lisa more expen more 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 valuable than a kindergartner's drawing? Well, you could find some a few things, but mostly it's people will pay more for it. How you know how much you're worth is what people are what God was willing to pay for you. He gave his son. He gave his son. His most precious thing. He gave him for you. He didn't give in sentimental reasons. It, you know, so many times people will say things like, I love you, I love you, I love you. How do you know they love you? When they do something for you. When there's actions, talk is cheap. Actions speak loud. And he gave his son for you. That's what Christmas is, right? God gave his son at Christmas. We've gotten used to that idea. It's sometimes, it's just been like, oh yeah, God gave his son. 
And we, we, we've lost the wonder of that a little. We don't remember what the significance of that is, which I didn't say to, to Joe to, to do wonderful makeup. But I'm glad you did, Joe. Because it helps us remember who, what, what, what's going on here. That, that God became a human being. That's, the, that's an incredible thing. That is, as Paul would say in, in Philippians 2, who, Jesus, though he was in the form of God, Jesus is God, he did not count that being equal with God the Father a thing to be held on to. Instead, he does what? He empties himself by taking the form of a servant, a human being, in the likeness of man, and being found in the human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even on a cross. God became a man. The one who has Psalm 33 says, who breathes out stars. It is by the word of the Lord that the heavens were made and by his breath of his mouth all their hosts. It is through Jesus that, that Saturn exists. He breathed it out. The sun exists because Jesus goes there. That's who we're talking about. Tonight, go look at the stars for a moment, especially if you're in a place that can't see, you know, the, outside the city lights. But look it up. See how massive it is. And they, they're just, they're by breath. They exist. And everything in all of the cosmos is held together by Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 reminds us that it's just by his, he is before all things and in him all things hold together not only did jesus create all things including you but you continue to exist because of him that's who became a baby at christmas that's who god the father gave for you there's nothing more precious that he could have given for you And to give, just so it's super clear, when he means he gave, he, Jesus came to die for you. To die for your sins. Just as it says in Isaiah 53. That he was pierced for our transgressions. That he was crushed for our iniquities. The things that remember from the world that, that, that God doesn't like. Upon him was the punishment or chastisement that brings us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Why? Because we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We all have turned, every one of us, to our own way, but the Lord has laid on him, that is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. That's what it means that God gave for you. The expression of Jesus, of God's love for you at Christmas is, is 
is not just that he loves those who are unlovable, he loves us in a way that's real, that's not sentimental, it's with real actions, and it's super, super costly. Which is what love is, by the way. It's, 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 it's doing good for another person at one's own personal expense, laying aside what's good for me so that it's good for them. Remember that when, you're, when, when, when someone says they love you. Are they doing things that lay down what they want for what you want, what's good for you? That's what God did. And what's good for you, let's, let's bring to the, the result. What is the result of God's love for you? Going right back to this. God loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That entering a purpose statement. Why? What is the result of God's giving his love for you? It's that whoever believes would have eternal life and not perish. Did I say it simply so that you would have something really, really good and not get something really, really bad? And if you've been following my sermons in the last couple of weeks, while they're all on that, you know, go back and see them because that's what I'm talking about. This, this idea of eternal life, it's that hope, it's that peace, it's that joy. So you have peace right now. As Romans 5.1 reminds us, that we have been justified, declared righteous with God, and so through our faith, therefore, you have peace with God through Jesus. Because God gave Jesus, you have peace right now. There's no conflict between you and God. He is not mad at you. He might be grieved over your, your choices because you're doing things that aren't good for you, but not anger. That anger's gone. When he's he, he might be going, oh, Brian, you did it again. I know what's going to happen to you because of this. Oh, and his heart's breaking over that. But you're at peace. You have peace. And you have the presence of God in your life right now because of Jesus. Because he went to, to the Father making you righteous and so he's, he's, he's sent the Holy Spirit and as it says in John 14 that my peace I leave with you. And I can go back and explain it as I did when we talked about peace. I think that's talking about that I'm leaving my ho the, the Spirit with you. To be with you. To live in you. As a down payment, as Ephesians chapter 1 says, for the day where you will live in utter, complete peace, the full expression of peace forever, which is your hope. The hope that one day the world's going to get better. That one day the things are going to be okay. People will no longer make war. There will no, no, no longer be any viruses. No more cancers. No more dementias. No more fights between siblings and husbands and wives. No more stress about paying bills. No more losing of loved ones. But as it says in that, in that Revelation 21, 
that every one of your tears will be wiped away by him personally. And there will be no more death and all that's, effect, that's associated with death. The loneliness, the sorrow, the pain, the separation. There'll be no more mourning. No more crying. No more pain. Because all those things are gone. There'll be a memory. You have hope. You have hope because he loves you. And in that day, what will be left if there's no crying, no pain, no sorrow, no suffering? Celebration and joy. Unending, ever-increasing joy. As it says in Isaiah 35, that we will return, we will come back into his presence, and we, an everlasting joy, will crown our heads and gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Why? Because we're going to be in the presence of God. The very source of joy itself. The very source of everything that is possibly good. And in that presence, there is fullness of joy, as Psalm 16 reminds us. You will make known to me the path of life, in you, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. With you, eternal pleasures are at your right hand. That's eternal life. In his presence. Why? Because he loves you. And this is for all those who believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes, not earns, not deserves, he's just going, here it is, come, come home. I'm not going to force it on you. Just take it. You can buy a gift for someone but you can't make them open it. You can give them a gift. That doesn't mean they take the gift. God's gift to you is Jesus and, and eternal life. You are loved, my dear people. And this year, you need to know that more than anything else, I suppose. And what Paul will, will, will say in, in John, excuse me, Romans 8, no matter all, if all this stuff happens and famine and sword and pestilence and on and on and all this stuff, but nothing can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. So whatever hard stuff has gone through this year or is coming in 2021, you are loved. No matter what happens, you're loved. This should be utterly clear settled in your heart because Christmas came. So therefore, you can go ahead and love other people. You don't need to wor work up, oh gosh, I, 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 do they love me? Am I loved? No, no, no. Be secure in that. No matter what you do, fall, if you, if you fail, so what? 
So you fall down this year. So you don't do it right this year. Eh, who cares? Try to get up, try to do better next time. That's okay. Try and model that for other people. We are to love as God loves. We love John, 1 John 4.19, which is not in here. We love because he first loved us. Be a gift to other people to this year because you have been given the gift of an immeasurable love. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this insane, um, beyond comprehensive love that would do such good to us. I do again pray that Ephesians passage again for us. Lord, give us the ability, all who hear this, me, everyone in this room, everyone who gets to hear this message, the ability to, to see it, to not listen to their voices in their own head, the voices in the world, voices from anyone or outside themselves that are saying you are not loved. your son's name we pray amen simple Thoughts? yeah yeah i had uh i didn't create a bullet list but the uh i guess the first thing that resonated with me was the conditional versus unconditional aspect of love that you know there's i know there's certain elements of uh like familial love that is generally without condition generally um but there's but the other things re I, I, I was starting to push back on that in my own mind i'm like but there is but you know i love these people despite the mm -hmm. following and uh it's it is difficult to comprehend that despite the things that we have done and do in our relationships to uh, other people in the world to people in our family uh, that are abhorrent that we're still loved that yeah. and and not just love but to be given a gift beyond measure like boy you did it it's like no i'm not going to give you a lump of coal i love you so much that i'm going to give you the most precious thing that i have yeah and that's really hard in a even in contractual familiar. relationship that yeah we have. I think even even in in the familiar like parent to a child I still will always love my wife I will always love my children no matter what they do good or bad always will but there's there is there is a a lavishness and intensity to God's love even in the moment of doing bad things that is really hard to grasp because even in those moments, I'm still going to go, <clears throat> right? Yeah, does he get mad? Yeah, I go. Jackson, I'm, I mean, I, I always come back yeah. to it, but it's, 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 yeah, it just, God's love is insane. There are times uh, with people in my family where I've used the term disgust, <laughs> uh, which to me is similar to abhorrent, yeah. you know, where the things they've done dis have disgusted me. Yeah. And you come back to it, but to think about in that moment to feel the 
that, that lavishness, the intensity of love. Yeah, that's very difficult. In that moment. In that moment. Yep, it ain't there for me. No, because no. we're humans. Uh, last song, and uh, this is probably my favorite Christmas song anymore. Uh, but as we think, you know, I got to spend some time with my uh, my mom yesterday, and this is likely her last Christmas. And uh, it was um, nice. My brother was there, got to hang out with him, and it was really a, uh, it was nice. You know, something you come away with and go, all right, I, I think I need to relish this. And, uh, and that to get beyond our own self-imposed barriers of love and the contractual nature of that, if they do this, then, then I will treat them well or whatever. Maybe we can lay that down. Christmas. I love you all very much. Well, my family, you very much. You have been the gift to me this Christmas, this year, and you online too. So thank you. May you have a merry, joy-filled, peace-filled Christmas. I'll see you next Sunday.